Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you, Father. We thank you for this word that it will go out and it will not return void, that it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And Father, we just give you the praise and honor and the glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So, um, it's not a very good joke, but it's the best I got this week. I can't use Stevens. It was terrible. Anyway, um, this uh, local church was known for, for, for their generosity. And, and so this guy showed up at the door one day and knocked on the door. And a lady came to the door. And he said, ma'am, I've come here to, to beg for money for this family. Their you know, father is dead. And they have nine kids. And the mother is ill and not able to work. And she's getting ready to get evicted. And she said, well, how much is the rent? And he told her. So she went to turn around to go back. And she was like, wait a minute. And who are you? And he said, oh, I'm just the landlord. I'm just trying to catch a little money. <clears throat> like I said, not a very good joke, but he was looking out for number one. All right, so what we talked about last week was the contrast between the love of God that Peter had held in his own idea, his mind frame of his love for God versus John's mindset of how much God loved him. And I told mama, you know, look, if y'all don't have a mama that's your number one fan, y'all need to get one. But anyway, my mom's my number one fan. She listens to my sermons a couple times a week and then tells me how great a job I'm doing, just in case I forget. It's wonderful. But, and I told mama this week that really the example of John and Peter was the preface to the message. It wasn't even the message. It was just the preface. It was the example of the difference of the understanding that... People can be in the, in the same situation, in the same environment, in the same church, in the same house, right? I mean, it, tent, I mean, y'all, if y'all live in a tent, y'all can be in the same tent and have the same things, right? I mean, Peter and John walked together. They were friends. They were disciples. They followed Christ for three years together. But their mindset was completely different, and their focus was completely different. 180 degrees difference. Peter's my love for God, John's God's love for me. And so, <clears throat> as I talked at the close of last week, it, it, the other title to this, when, when before it was focus, the other title to this message is, is it's not about you. <clears throat> See, when we, <clears throat> when we get to the John kind of mentality that we focus on God's love for us, the spotlight takes off of us and goes on to God. Well, if you are a, <clears throat> if you're in a relationship, if you're a spouse, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a boss, if you're anything, any kind of authority, and you insist on the spotlight being focused on you, you are in the wrong spot. If you're in a relationship and you're focused on it being me, 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 you are not focusing on the right direction of this relationship. The relationship with God. If you're in a relationship with God and your focus is on me, 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 your focus is in the wrong spot. So we're going to start with the message finally to 1 John. <clears throat> and like I said, John was, a, John was a good disciple, but John understood the love of God. John understood and wrote about, right, how much God loved him. 
All right, so 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. This is the love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, that he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. See, when we, when we focus on... Hmm. How many of y'all ever been in trouble before? No, probably not. Right? Just me. Uh, it's okay. I don't, I don't even want to see it. Don't, don't even tell me. Is it better when you have somebody that's in trouble with you? When you have somebody to share the blame? Right? I mean, it's better when you got a partner in crime that you and it was really their fault. I mean, I was there, but I mean, it was really, I mean, most of my life, I was the person they were pointing at that it's really their fault. But when we have this relationship with God, even when I get in trouble, I'm not alone. And I don't point to somebody who got me in trouble. I point to somebody who stands in my place. Right? Because when God sees me, right, as an imperfect human, because I have been born again and I have been covered with the blood of Jesus, what he really sees is my substitute who is Christ. So no matter where I go or what I do or how I act or what I, how I talk or what happens, God sees Christ in my place, right? He paid my penalty. He stands in the, you know, when you stand there in front of mama like this, I'm like this and he's standing there going, yep, that was me. I did it. I took all of that sin. I took all of that sickness. I took all of that disease. And the problem is, is the world wants you to focus on you. You know the Bible talks about that. Uh, Ephesians <clears throat> chapter 5. And, and, and this, is the, this is the fight we are fighting right here. This is the fight that we are fighting right here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Is that the one? Nope. I'm sorry. Second Timothy, I was looking at the wrong note. Second, we coming back to that. Second Timothy 3.11 or 3.1. Yes, 3.1. Thank you, Jesus. Back in it. Second Timothy 3.1. But mark this, there will be a terrible time in the last days where people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient of their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God. Y'all seen any of that lately? That is what the world teaches you to be the lover of self you are a god you are what you need you are everything that you are i am nothing and if i focus so much on me my focus comes off of christ and i buy into the world system i find myself falling into the hole the, the devil that's it the devil when he tempted jesus he said you could do all of these things. You could turn that rock into bread. Is in your belly hungry? Isn't it about you? Aren't you worried about you? 
What are you going to do about you? It's not about you. It's about our relationship with God. And when we focus more on our relationship with God and walking closely with Him, you can't, you can't walk closely with God and be lovers of yourself, lovers of money, proud, proud boastful, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy. You, those things don't work. That's, that's like oil and water. You can't walk close to Christ and have to have the spotlight on you all the time. That's why Satan had such a tough time in praise and worship, right? When Satan was, I mean, you think about it. He, he was one of the archangels. He, he, he was one of the leaders. He led praise and worship. But he got so focused on him that he wanted to be worshipped. He got so focused on him that the focus came off of God. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God. And when we focus on God, we all of a sudden become so much better examples. Like I said last week, this ain't an easy sermon, so it is what it is. If it's uncomfortable for you, no, it is uncomfortable for me. It's not about you. Our focus has to be on God and God's Word. We cannot allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep, to be bought in, to walk according to the way the world works. We cannot do it. This is not a fire and brimstone message. This is just facts. We cannot allow ourselves to become so hung up on who we are or who we think we are or what we think we have or what we think we can do or what we think we're qualified to do that we lose focus that without God we are nothing but sinners and destined to hell. We can't do it. We have to focus on God's love. And when we focus on God's love and His relationship with us, we begin to prosper. And that is a slippery slope, man, when you go from being not so good to focusing on God and then things start to prosper around you, you really, not y'all, probably not y'all. It's really hard for me to say, see, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. I made that. I did this. I did that. I'm the reason there was 57 kids at Bible school Sunday. I had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Not a drop. God did that. God's love showed up. And when they were here, we tried to love every one of them. We tried to focus on those kids and show them God's love. We have a long-standing rule at Bible school, and it is very difficult. But we will not yell and scream at your kids. I don't care. I don't care what they're doing. If they're hanging off the chandeliers, I don't care. We are not going to yell and scream at them. We're not going to do it. We're going to be as loving and gracious and kind as humanly possible. Because we want them to see what Jesus looks like. He didn't go around yelling and screaming at people. He opened arms. He spent time with the tax collectors. He spent time with the prostitutes. He spent time with the people who were, needed him. We need him. And when we focus on him, all of a sudden that whole, man, I tell you that 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added to you. I touched on it last week for just a second. How many of y'all can fix anything in your life by worrying about it? Not a drop. Although, on the contrary, you can change your circumstances by praying about it, about meditating in God's word about it, about going to God with it. Is that worrying? No, that's not worrying. That's taking it to the source. A couple Sundays ago when I preached and y'all weren't here, none of y'all, sorry, dog, except for Riley, Riley was here, I preached on casting your care on Christ because he cares for us, that we don't tote that around with us. See, the focus is still the same. If the focus is on me, we are failing. If the focus is on God, we are flourishing. It's not about you. If you're coaching a team and it's about your wins and losses and your players and what you do and how many players you put in college and how many games that you've won, how many trophies are sitting on your mantelpiece, I could go ahead and tell you right now, you're not a very good coach. I don't care how many trophies you have, you're not pouring into your people. If it is about you, it's wrong. If you trying to lead a ministry, and it is about you, it's wrong. This is not about me. This is about God. This is about coming together in the body of Christ and worshiping God as the body of Christ and being focused on that relationship. Not focused on, well, you know, you know what socks I got on or how nice I'm going to dress. That has nothing to do with nothing. I try to tell people all the time, I, I, you know, it's hard to invite somebody to church when you're the pastor. Hey, you should come hear me preach. I do a pretty good job. You really should come hear me preach. It's hard. It's hard. I'm telling you, it is hard. Even for my personality, it's hard. But when you invite people to church, they go, well, I, I don't, um, well, I mean, I don't know how y'all dress. I don't care how you dress. I don't care how you look. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You white, black, brown, pink, purple, green, I don't care. What we want is a body of Christ, a people who worship God, who have a relationship with the living God, who want to grow and mature together. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be about. Whether we are at Bible school or at the ball field or anywhere else, at your job, at the restaurant. Listen, I've been preaching this sermon all week. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I I haven't had the best week physically this week. I had a pretty rough week. And and, and the girls have been playing ball. I've been at the ball field Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday with Riley and something Saturday. So four days at the ball field this week, and I have not felt my best. And there are more Yankees in Myrtle Beach this week than I can count, and I don't have any idea. I mean, it is unbelievable. And every time I want to have a bad attitude and act crazy, I go, Hope you'll have a great day. I want you to see Jesus. Please look at me. I'm trying to show you the best Jesus. Oh, you want me to move? Oh, I would absolutely love for you to move and cut in front of me. Please. (laughs) And I have struggled with it. I'm telling you, people have cut me off in traffic. Crazy little kids on golf carts. I watched the kid open the door into the side of my truck at least two or three times. I'm like, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. I'm okay. It's been tough. I have been trying to show Jesus all week and not feeling well. It's been tough. 
And I'm going to tell you, if you start focusing on your relationship with God and you start focusing on trying to tend to you first, right? Tend to you first. Trying to make sure that you can line up with what God's word says about you. Trying to have that relationship on point with God in, in your relationship. And you start to make things like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to get better. And then I forget that sermon title. It's not about you, but I'm going to get better. The devil will come against you. I'm telling you. You know what that makes me? It makes me happy. That means that this week I made progress. That I am going to walk closer to God. Now my kids might tell you I didn't make progress this week. Now, this is a rough week. It, I mean, hey, look here. It's a rough week. I'm the packer. I pack all the stuff in the camper. Well, when I left here, I couldn't hardly walk to the camper. There ain't nothing. We didn't have nothing. No food, no nothing in the camper. When we got there, they're like, what, what's in the camper? Whatever y'all left. I don't know. I don't even know if there's anything in there. It's rough. But when we focus our relationship on God, let, 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 let's go to Psalms for just a second. <clears throat> Psalms 46, verse 10, and he says, Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted amongst the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. For the Lord God Almighty, the God of Jacob, is our fortress. When we get real serious, right, when we start to really focus on this, this is something hard for me to do. Y'all know I don't, I'm not real still. I don't, I don't do still. But when you want to focus on God's love for you, if you really want to get serious about it, just, just take a few minutes this week. It don't got to be, you know, some crazy, I mean, you don't have to go find some zen in the woods or whatever. You don't have to find some crazy. Just, just be still for a second. Unhook your phone from you, right? And just be still and, and, and focus on your relationship with God and God's relationship with you. Try to understand the extent of that. God loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for you. That Just be still for just a second and focus on what that means to you. What does that relationship mean to you? I mean, on the outside looking in is, is what granddaddy would call fire insurance, right? It, 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 it secures us from not going to being destined to hell. That, that's pretty, that's pretty good start to the equation. But really, take, take a moment this week. Focus on just be still and know that I am God. And focus on God's love for you. Think about John laying at supper up on Jesus' breast. Uh, turn with me to the um, book of Romans. And, and, and I know some of these don't necessarily feel like they all go together. But man, they go together. Romans 8, 
And I done told y'all I could read Romans from front, from five to, to the end a couple of times. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good and those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son. I talked about that for a few seconds last week, and I want to touch on it to, to, to make sure we pull in all of this together. When, when Jesus showed up on the road and John said, Behold the Lamb of God, right? And he was baptized and God said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He was in the image of God, right? And I, I, I tried to explain this. I don't know if I explained it very well. I'm going to explain it briefly for anybody that didn't hear last week. When Adam was made, Adam was made in the image of God. But the image of God is without sin and without blame, Right? When Adam was made, he was made in the image of God. When Adam sinned, his image was defaced. He no longer was in the image of God. His daddy changed. He was all of a sudden under the, the rule of Satan and the rule of sin. So when Jesus was at the river, he was in the image of God. So let's read that verse 29 again. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So for us to be in relationship with God, right? To have that perfect bond with God. To have that love relationship that John had with God. To have that relationship with God. We have to look, we have to be in God's image. Which is holy and blameless and righteous. And I know y'all are not holy and blameless and righteous because I know all of you. But, 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 but because we, in, in the flesh, but because we've been born again, we are conformed to the image of the Son. Did we become the image of God again? That that relationship is unbreakable. That... that that fellowship with God is available. Verse 38 says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, nor the present nor the future, or any powers or height or depth or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God who is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's our relationship with God. You don't have that relationship with anybody else on the planet. I don't care how much they love you. They're human. You don't have that relationship with anybody else on the planet. But when we become the image of God again, when we're born again and we become that image, that relationship is bound forever. I mean, but the 10,000 years and we still got no less days, right? So when we be still and know that he is God and we start to understand the relationship that the love of God means to us. When we get from the mindset of Peter to where I am, whatever, to the relationship that John had that said, he didn't even say his name. He wouldn't even say his name. The disciple that Jesus loved. Was it about John? Yeah. Was John trying to make it about John? No. 
He was trying to make it about Christ. The disciple that Jesus loved. The trap of the world is to be lovers of self. The solution of the Bible is to be loved by God. Now, <clears throat> I did get a little criticism from this this week that I was talking trash about Peter the Rock that the church was built on, and I appreciate that. I want to go on the record to say that I think Peter, if you start ranking people that I think are really good Christians, he's on the tippity-tippity top of the mountain, and I don't come anywhere close. I am not defaming Peter for how he acted. It was simply to show the difference in the mentality. Because later in Peter's career, he really did some fantastic things, right? But as far as we're concerned, focusing on how much God loves us is much more important for us than focusing on how much we love God. I mean, the Bible says that if God is for us, who can successfully be against us? Nobody anywhere ever said, well, if Peter is for us, who can successfully be against us? Or insert whoever's name you want to insert right there. Right? God's love for us is so great that it should be our number one priority. It should be our number one focus. And I know, I get it. I got kids and I got job and I got stuff and I don't even know what you're talking about. I understand. You have to have that opportunity to be still and know that He is God, that that relationship to develop. For that opportunity to get closer to God. <clears throat> they were um, in, the ball, in the parking lot at the ball field yesterday. Somebody questioned, you know, that I said that I thought John understanding God's love was pretty impressive. It, I was actually asked about the sermon. And, um, and he said, well, how about King David? And I said, well, I mean, if I'm picking somebody, I'm picking Enoch. I mean, he didn't even have to die, right? He, was, he walked with God and was no more. I would love to walk with God and be no more. That would be fantastic. I just don't think that Robbie has enough in him to get to there. I mean, you want to compare yourself to folks, go for it. I want to be John. I want to lay on Jesus' breast. I want to know that he loves me so much that nothing else matters. I'll stand at the bottom of the cross if that's what he wants me to do, right? Because he loves me because he loves me. The focus has to be not on what we do, but what, on he, what he does. Salvation is based off of not on what we do. Our end of the bargain is pretty easy. It's on what he did. Him meeting our needs is not off of what we do. It's off of what he did. And when we get to the focus that is, this is not about you, it's really about God, you're a lot better spouse, you're a lot better boss, you're a lot better sibling, you're a lot better child, you're a lot better parent. The focus is on how much he loves us. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we pray that it'll go out and not return void. We thank you for it, Father, and we just lift them up to you. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat>